This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel, Episode 33. This is for Protestants only, but first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. In line with what I've learned while doing this podcast, this is directed completely and utterly at Protestants. However, um, I cannot assume that if a Protestant stumbles upon this podcast, that they have bothered to listen to the introductory episodes or the um, episode I did on the heirs of Protestantism. This is going to be much briefer and it's going to give some more detail, but I'll get into that. So basically, I started out be, be, before I started out as a Protestant on my journey to serving Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. And I started out as a Protestant. But before I started out as a Protestant, I words cannot describe how completely and utterly hostile I was to Jesus Christ. I basically blamed him for, for everything that had ever happened in my life. And... Just a quick note, to those of you who may have listened to the introductory podcast, I have, or the introductory episodes of this podcast, I have stated, in no uncertain terms, this podcast is not for my glorification, this podcast is not for me to make it all about myself, this is a, this podcast is for the ultimate truth, which is Jesus Christ, his blessed mother, the heavenly kingdom, and the one true Catholic church, which is pre-Vatican II Catholicism. It has occurred to me, though, that when I did my episode on the heirs of Protestantism, I did not give much background onto what moved me from Protestantism. So this is, you know, this is not about me, you know, this, about, about my glorification or any of that. This is just to tell you guys what my attitudes were and how I came to be where I'm at. Okay, so before I started on my journey to Christ, I, um, like I said, I, I was completely hostile. Um. And I, I did not intensely hate anything, 
But I literally intensely hated Jesus Christ. And I had uttered, at least on one occasion that I do remember, the one that stuck in my mind, total and complete and hateful blasphemy against him. And when I, uh, in the late 90s, I had what I call my road to Damascus moment, which did not entirely lead me into Protestantism, but that's where I started. Now, for those of you who are interested on my road to Damascus moment, there is an episode entitled My Road to Damascus Moment. So if you're interested, give it a listen. So when I entered into, there there was, I, I want to say there was a two or three year interval. Now, when I had my Road to Damascus Moment, the realization, um, Jesus Christ had hit me so hard with the Holy Ghost that I realized, and this is one of the graces he bestowed upon me, was that if I were to serve him as my Lord and Master, that I was going to have to change my life drastically. I mean, everything that I'd been doing and everything that I'd been thinking and acting was going to have to change. Now, I was still enough mirrored in sin that I didn't want to make those changes. I gave him the respect or the acknowledgement that obviously as God, he deserves but I wasn't willing to change. So within a two or three year period, I really didn't change the way I was acting. And then without getting any detail, I may cover this in a later episode, but basically um, something happened where I, I made an oath. Now, Because this is aimed at Protestants, and I'm not going to assume that every Protestant knows this, but the founder of Protestantism, Martin Luther, also made an oath. Um, However, because he was Catholic, he made an oath to enter into a monastery. Um... And it was a hasty oath. Shamefully, I shared the same the, the same fault that Martin Luther made and that I made an oath to God that I did not realizing what I was promising. But anybody who has a deep faith and um, devotion will understand that even when you do something or God that you don't understand, you know, if if you're sincere and you're of goodwill, he's going to make something great come of it. Anyway, 
So I entered into the Protestant church right before September 11th of 2001. I want to say April of 2001. The church I entered into, once again, I'm not going to get into um I'm sorry, I'm going to explain because not every Protestant is familiar with this. Um, And if I may make a personal note here, when I became a Protestant in 2001, the majority of Protestants that I interacted with on my daily basis were at least aware of the major denominations of Protestantism. Obviously, there's 40,000 different denominations, but you can basically group them into Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, Pentecostal, um, Anglican, um, Episcopalian, so on and so forth. They were familiar with that. Now, not more than I want to say, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, Um, after I'd converted to Catholicism, I was talking to a girl who was a Protestant and I asked her, I said, well, what denomination are you? And she's like, what's a denomination? And I said, well, it's a church. It's, it's a, you know. I was trying to be charitable. I said, well, it's a church. And she told me, well, it's my granddaddy's church. I go there because my granddaddy is pastor there. Now, that in and of itself is is not a horrible thing. I mean, she's showing love and respect for her grandfather, but... We are not here to honor our relatives. We're here to honor Jesus Christ. And if you're doing something um, out of human respect, you're not serving the Lord and Savior the way you should be. But this is just a this is just a uh, a personal note. I'd also noticed in that time period that a lot of the younger Protestants had no idea. Um, They were, when, when I became a Protestant, I was in my early thirties and the Protestants of that era, which was in the teens of the same age group, didn't even have the knowledge that I had as a complete, and utter, I mean, I had no knowledge. I basically, when I entered into Protestantism, to me, um, every church was honoring Jesus Christ. And because I'm the type of person that if I'm going to do something and I, I and I know in my heart that it is worthwhile and worth serving, I'm going to study it. So the first thing I did when I joined Protestantism was I read every book I could get my hands on. 
And I'm not going to lie. I took just Protestant and Catholic books and I started reading. And this was the internet existed, but I did not have my own computer or internet service. So I had to go to the library. Anyhow. I read what I could. And while I was reading, I was going to the local um, Protestant church. Now, um, while I was going to that Protestant church, I started reading the New Testament. Not that this matters. I had read the Old Testament, you know, selectively, uh, basically the historical parts because uh, I, I've always loved history and the historical books of the Bible um, were interesting to me. But I wasn't raised... I wasn't raised basically even as a Protestant or a Catholic. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the people who were taking care of me um, took me to whatever church was available. Um, and one of the one of my foster parents was a Baptist minister, and I went to his uh, church, obviously, because, you know, he's my foster dad. But I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, I did the little Jesus prayer after one of his sermons, not knowing what I was saying. But I came away with a very, very deep respect for the man. And unfortunately, it wasn't until I got older that I realized what a good example, even if he believed the wrong things, that he set for me. And that is possible. Somebody can literally hold the wrong beliefs and still be a good example or a good teacher. You just have to have the wisdom to understand. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, that little truth either is not known or if you try to tell somebody that, they they disregard it. But when I start going to this church, and I'm going to get into, you know, the, 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 the differences where I started noticing the differences. But when I start going to this church, basically, um... They, when they baptized me, they baptized me in the name of Jesus. Okay. And I will get into the weeds about the theology of Protestantism, but suffice it to say that because, well, let me back up a little bit in my reading, because I'm an American and I'm raised, I was raised in the Midwest, mostly by Protestants. I had a prejudice against Catholicism. Now, I wasn't foaming at the mouth anti-Catholic like some Protestants where 
Uh, Mary is the whore of Babylon. Well, pardon me, Mother Mary. I, forgive me. I just have to say this. Um, the Catholic Church is a false church and blah, 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 blah. But basically, my attitude toward the Catholic Church, because I had done the research, was that um, basically the Catholic Church was the original uh, the original Church of Christ. Unfortunately, before the Reformation, it had been cut become corrupt and it needed Martin Luther, John Calvin, um, Knox, Henry VIII to reform it. And because I was completely ignorant of church history, well, I was just completely ignorant of the Christian religion period. I took it at face value because I didn't know better. But after I got baptized, I prayed with utter sincerity that, well, once again, I need to take a small step backwards. I was reading the New Testament and I was following the Protestant way of, well, because Protestants have different gradations and variations. Um, I was following the Protestant variation that says the Bible is the literal God's truth. and must be taken literally. And I, I realized at that point, and once again, this was, you know, this was um, God's grace. I realized there can only be one, one truth to Jesus and his, his, his blessed kingdom. There could only be one truth. And so after I got baptized, I prayed to, to, to the Lord Jesus and I asked him, I said, please, I'm ignorant. I don't know anything. Please lead me to your church. Now, being ignorant and quite frankly, suffering from the very human um, fault of impatience, I thought it was going to happen like this. And it turned out it took a lot of years before I finally came to the truth. But I asked this. So, having explained my baseline. The church I entered into is Pentecostal. For you Protestants who are unaware of what Protestant, uh, I'm sorry, Pentecostalism teaches, basically they teach, and like all Protestants, Protestant is, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Protestantism, there are gradations and variations. What the church I joined in taught was basically. The I, 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 out of the sake of charity, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Protestantism, in and of itself, is a heresy. Um, you may not like it. You this may set your teeth on edge, but it's the truth. Protestant is basically a heresy, but there are heresies within heresies. This particular church taught that God was. You know, 
Jesus Christ was God, but what people who believe in the Trinity that basically God is one and the Trinity are his three modes. And the way I was taught was, was basically God was the father in the Old Testament. Jesus is the God in the New Testament. And the Holy Ghost is the um, God of present era. Um, and so, um, and I'm not going to lie, to this day, to this day, I, I have no idea. I mean, I've got a vague understanding, but, and by the way, you know, um, if anyone tells you that they understand the Trinity, you know, completely, they're lying to you because it is a sublime mystery. Nobody fully understands the truth of the Trinity. But so because I was ignorant, but I was trying, you know, I was trying to be obedient because you should be obedient if you think what you're doing is the truth. I, I tried to follow their teachings, even if I didn't understand it. Now, here's where we're going to get into the heirs of Protestantism. Now, people don't know this. A lot of Protestants don't even have an understanding of church history or theology. And I'm not saying that you need to be a PhD at Southern Methodist University in theology to be able to understand this stuff. A lot of this stuff, if you study it, will become clear. And while I'm on this subject, this is this is part of modernism in the sense that we will hold on to a false belief despite what the facts and the truth may lead us. And it's this is the way it has always been since the Reformation and probably before the Reformation because there were heretics before the Protestant Reformation. But what a lot of people don't know, a lot of Protestants, I should, well, actually a lot of Catholics too, basically what modern day um, Protestants don't know, what is called Protestantism was started by Martin Luther, who, like I said, when he formed his theology of Protestantism, he basically was a Catholic. Not basically, he was. And not only was he a Catholic, he was a Catholic monk. And at the time, there was no Protestantism. You were either Catholic or you were a heretic. That was it. No choice. And when he broke with the Catholic Church and started his own theology and his own church, which is Lutheranism, obviously, um... 
he taught part of his theology. Everything that that Protestants call today Protestantism started with Luther's theology. And it can be basically broken down into Bible alone, faith alone, and the priesthood of all believers. And the priesthood of all believers, to those of you who may be ignorant of the, the true Catholic Church, you have the laity, you have the clergy who are the priests, you have the, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? The um, prelates who are the bishops, and you have the Pope. So there is a hierarchy. And basically in the priesthood of all believers is, and these all tie together, the, the Bible alone, uh, faith alone, and um, the priesthood of all believers is, is basically nobody can tell you what to believe. There, there, there's no church government. There is no, um, nobody can tell you or teach you what to believe unless you allow yourself to assent to their beliefs. So basically because um, I understood this theology. Now I'm going to go back a step and say, remember what I told you at the beginning. One of the, the present faults of modernism today is is that we cling stubbornly and viciously to errors and falsehoods, either out of ignorance or, in some cases, out of a um, obstinacy or stubbornness that you know we're unwilling to follow the truth where it may lead us, and we have closed minds, so we don't want to hear. Now, I was part of this. I, I thought, you know, I thought I had the answers and I thought that, yes, Luther reformed a corrupt religion. And so, um, because I thought the Catholics were in error in their beliefs and their teachings, obviously, because I want to serve God in truth and in sincerity, I didn't want to be a part of them because, you know, if you truly believe there's one path to salvation, you don't, you don't want to follow the wrong path if you're of sincere heart and goodwill. So basically, when I was taught this, by the way, this particular doctrine that the oneness Pentecostals teach is basically modalism, which means, you know, of modes, you know. Um, God is the God, um, God the Father is the God of the Old Testament, uh, Jesus the Son is the God of the New Testament, and then the Holy Ghost is the God of present era. That's modalism. Now, for those of you who may be interested and may not have heard about the Protestant, um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the teachings of Pentecostalism. Basically, these guys are very, very hardcore version of um, 
Protestants. They, they, they reject television. They reject movies. They reject modern media. Basically, they're all about Jesus. And that appealed to me because, you know, um, basically, I viewed anything that wasn't part of Jesus as a distraction. So, when I was taught this, to me, the whole Trinity thing, and you got to remember, I'm ignorant, I'm coming out of ignorance, and the, the church teaching in and of itself, you know, Protestantism, Lutheran doctrine, teaches that you're free to make up your own faith. You're free to do that. You're free to read the Bible how you want to. And basically to me and, and by by the way the the era of protestantism basically is it, it's 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 kind of like politics whatever whatever you define as orthodoxy within your own confines is orthodoxy and to me the whole concept of a trinity, you know, to me was an un- understandable doctrine. And in my ignorance and in my enthusiasm, I was like, well, I don't understand this. And the only way you get to heaven is through faith. Like I said, I was ignorant and uh, I came out of ignorance. And so basically... I just wanted to follow Jesus out of truth and faith. You know, stuff like the the Trinity, you know, um, to me was, you know, it basically my uh my attitude toward it was um I don't understand it, but I need to deepen my faith. Okay. And anybody who's a devout a devout Catholic understands that there's more to it than that. So anyway, to try to keep this as brief as I can, a, uh, about a year later, I ended up in another town, and I started out in a oneness church because that's where I came from, so that's what I wanted to go. And basically, I'm trying to be charitable here. Basically, the situation wasn't the best. The pastor, and by the way, I'm I'm going to say this. God has blessed me throughout the years that whoever he has put teaching me about religion, they may have been wrong in, in their beliefs and in their doctrine, but they were sincere believers. This particular pastor, he sincerely believed in what he was teaching. My And by the way, my issue at the time, like most Protestants, if they come into a situation that's difficult, they go to another church. Back when I first became a Protestant, we call this church hopping. And it's, <laughs> it's even going on in the Vatican II church, but I'll get into that in another episode. But anyway, the situation at his church was just, it was untenable. 
And my barber at the time, he was also a Pentecostal, but he was a Trinitarian Pentecostal. Now, remember what I said earlier, that under the tenets of Luther's theology, you basically make up your own orthodoxy. That's why you have 40,000 different denominations. Because, you know, people basically make up their own personal orthodoxy. And if people find their particular brand of orthodoxy appealing, they join their church. Well, um, I was going to the oneness church when my barber was, um, you know, he was my barber and he kept telling me, he was like, um, you know, you're, you're that, that, that he didn't call it heretical because his Protestants probably don't even know what the word heretical or the meaning of the word heretic means. But basically he was saying, well, what they're teaching you at that church is modalism. And I, I basically tried to be an honest person. And I explained to him, I said, look, I don't understand the concept of the Trinity. I'm more interested in following God faithfully and in truth. Well, when I left the the oneness Pentecostal church, I joined the Trinitarian Pentecostal church. And basically with all Pentecostals, and like I said, there are gradations and variations within Pentecostalism. These guys were, were, you know, they weren't as strict as the oneness Pentecostals, but compared to say like Lutherans, Methodists, Baptists, they, they, they had their own level of strictness. And I genuinely can say about my barber, this man was a good and decent man. And like I said, I've been blessed. The um, people who, who have been Protestant in my life, for the most part, have been good, decent, honest people following what they believe to be the truth. But I went into that church And basically, basically, um, it wasn't at this point. Somehow or another, I went into his church and, um, like I said, I was Protestant. I was ignorant, um, and I, I, I was, uh, I was ignorant. So something happened and I moved on to a different Trinitarian uh, Pentecostal church. And the, the pastor was a good man too. There, he, like I said, I don't want to repeat myself ad nauseum. But this guy was really on fire for what he believed God to be. And he, when I went to his church starting out, I was like, yes, this is where I belong. This guy, he, you know, not that any of the other ones weren't as sincere, but 
I'm sure those of you who have a fired up Protestant pastor who's really in love with Jesus understand exactly who, what the type of attitude I'm talking about, because that was his attitude. And anyway, so he fired me up. He fired up my zeal because, you know, um, I had been at this for uh, baptism about three, almost four years. And he was a good teacher. Teaching was his talent. And I realized through his teaching, uh, by the way, he did have a teaching talent. Unfortunately, he was teaching air. And he was basically using secular resources, which he should have been using, obviously, um, He should have been using holy resources. But because he's Protestant, out of charity, I can say, you know, that he can't be blamed. Because he was ignorant himself. He had the right attitude, but he was ignorant of the, himself of the truth. But even with the secular sources that he was using... And by the way, this is also part of Protestantism. The Bible alone part. Um, the Bible didn't exist in printed form until about, I want to say, um, maybe a century or two after Jesus ascended into heaven. And a lot of the teaching was oral and traditional. And that's where the Catholic Church gets their teachings from. But if you're using the Bible alone as... And by the way, not only are you using the Bible alone, but if you're um, interpreting it for yourself... Um, you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're lost because there, uh, the Bible alone cannot lead you to the truth. It cannot lead you to the ultimate truth. It'll give you nuggets of truth. But if you do not have the true spirit of God, um, you're going to be spiritually blind to other things. And it wasn't until I became a Vatican II Catholic that I realized there are passages in Scripture that actually point to the Catholic Church being the one true church. This is not, this is basically me explaining why I left the Protestant church. Um, you know, if, if I get requests, you know, or questions or whatever, asking me questions, honest questions, I will cover those. But for right now, I'm just covering how I got to be a Catholic, a true Catholic, by the way. And I want to, 
I want to make this clear, and this is going to sound like the craziest thing you've ever sound like, you've ever heard, and you may think that, you know, um, that I'm not serious about my faith or that I'm unstable or whatever. You're free to form your own opinion. What you think of as the Catholic Church in present day, that the word makes me want to throw up what you think of as Pope Francis and the priests and the bishops that inhabit the institutions of the Catholic church. What you think of, you know, you think that that's the real Catholic church. It isn't. And I pray for the love of all that is holy, that you that God gives you the Holy Ghost to be able to make this distinction. It is not the true Catholic Church. It's a fake church. It has basically Satan has put his um people, whether no whether they know they're serving Satan or not. He's put them into the church to basically discredit Catholicism in the eyes of the world because Satan realizes that, yes, the Catholic church is the one true religion. And what what do you do in politics if you have a formidable enemy? You sling mud. You discredit him. You, You cast doubts upon him. And you use everything in your power to discredit him. Well, what could be more discrediting, if you're Satan, than the one true church having a bunch of pedophiles who never get punished, who teach heresies and blasphemies that even your average Protestant in the pew, if he has an idea of holiness and sanctity, you know, what could be more discrediting than that? No sincere Protestant is going to enter into that church. You know, um, to give, well, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, so, um, but while I was underneath this, this pastor, I started taking his advice, you know, and I I sincerely, I sincerely, you know, um, uh, for the sake of truth, um, I truly wanted to be a pastor. I truly wanted to lead people to what at that time I believed was the true Catholic. uh, I'm sorry, the the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, Um, after I'd gotten baptized and spiritual wisdom will teach you this, you know, um, part of it is from the Holy ghost and part of it is the grace of God giving you wisdom to understand things. Um, I was still mired in sin very bad sin. Now, I wasn't committing these sins as much as I had been before my baptism. 
but I was still committing them. And all my Pentecostal pastors, either oneness Pentecostals or Trinitarian uh, pastors had taught me. And this was God's divine providence because holiness is one aspect of getting closer to God. It's not the it's 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 not the only thing. It works in conjunction with uh, other things, but holiness is the key. Unfortunately, holiness without the truth of Jesus Christ's ultimate truth, which is true Catholicism, you're not going to be able to do it. You're absolutely not going to be able to do it because you're ignorant, whether consciously or unconsciously, you're ignorant of the truth. Um, you know, the best way I can put it, I'm former military. I can teach you how to fire an M16. I can teach you that. But without knowing tactics and doctrine of how uh, a good infantryman operates and without good leadership, if I throw you into battle, you're going to be shot up. That's just the bottom line. It's the same thing in the religious life. If you if you have no idea of the truth, then you're going you're 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 not going to be effective. And I realized I wanted to be holy. I wanted to be holy. I wanted to be like my pastor. Because I could see that, you know, this man was trying to be holy. And, he, you know, all my pastors had taught me the, the lesson of holiness well. But I came to the conclusion because when I, when I tried to be holy, my sins would come up insurmountably. And I felt like the world's biggest hypocrite. Unfortunately, I did not want to disappoint my pastor. So I wasn't telling him these things. I wasn't telling him these things. So he had no idea. So when I came to him and I said, look, I'm sorry, I've got to go. I'm, 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 I'm a hypocrite. Just as a small aside, just as a confession, there was a lady at that church who was a former pre-Vatican II Catholic. And I believe that she was in this church because she never lost her faith in the true Catholic church. But at this time, true Catholicism wasn't widely known she was doing her best to honor God in the best way she knew. And I used to visit her. But when I left the church, his church, I, not out of malice, as a matter of fact, it was shame. It was shame. I, I quit. I, I wouldn't have no contact with the former people in my church because I was literally ashamed of myself. 
because I I knew implicitly um that I could not live up to their standards, you know, of holiness. And unfortunately, shortly after I died, or I'm sorry, after she died, uh, I'm sorry, after I shortly joined the Vatican II Catholic Church, she died, and I never had a chance to make amends for her. And I pray that with this confession, that the Blessed Mother and Lord Jesus and the saints um, basically, I pray that she she's made it into purgatory because she was of goodwill. And, you know, I can't judge the state of her soul. But to me, we had enough conversations that I understood that she truly believed. And she told me flat out, she said, I believe that, you know, the Catholic Church is true. And I believe that I will get to heaven. I'm hoping, because this was after Vatican II, the um, true Catholic uh, priests and bishops teach about the unknown saint. I truly hope that she, if she wasn't an unknown saint, she was at least allowed into purgatory. Anyway, um, I said I wanted to keep this brief. So I was at a crossroads when I left that church. I knew that God was the truth. I knew he was the truth. I knew he was the way. I knew he was the light. But basically, I I knew that I could not serve God as I wanted to in holiness and in truth. That basically I was too... To basically, I knew from the bottom of my heart, I love my sins too much to repent. So, in this, in the, in the depths of my confusion, and dare I say, despair, as I said, the devil at least since the 60s, has discredited completely and besmirched the Catholic Church. And I'd known enough Catholics throughout my life, even before my conversion, to know that a lot of these people did not, they weren't following their faith. They weren't even trying to. Which, by the way, the reason I didn't join another Protestant denomination was for the same reason. That a lot of these people... You know, they were just showing up to show up, you know, and that's not, that's not how I operate. So anyway, I decided, well, basically my attitude was, well, if I'm going to be an insincere Christian, where I acknowledge God's divinity and his power, but I don't put into practice his holiness, I might as well be a Catholic. Now, at this time, I want to stress, 
I was um, under the same delusion that I'll, that I would say 98% of the human population is under that this was the true Catholic Church. And um, basically, I became a um, confirmed into the Vatican II Catholic Church in 2005, shortly after, um, once again, I hate to dirty my mouth with this term. I put this in inverted commas, Pope John Paul II, and then inverted commas, Pope Ratzinger took over. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about Catholicism. Maybe if I'm, if I feel led by the Holy Ghost to explain my journey in the Vatican II Church to where I'm at now, I will do so. For right now, suffice it to say is, I want you Protestants who may or may not consume my content to understand that's another thing I need to get to. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Um, I try not to, and I was like this before I got baptized as a Protestant, before I started my road to Jesus. I tried never to speak on stuff that I didn't know nothing about. And I was blessed to have a couple of adults in my life who really stressed to me, look, if you don't know what the heck you're talking about, just shut up and listen. Because, you know, um, I was an impetuous kid and basically I just shut off my mouth without knowing what the heck I'm talking about. So, um... When I talk to you about the heirs of Protestantism, I have studied enough Protestant theology. I've studied enough Protestant theology to know this. To those of you who consider yourselves non-denominational, you know, in other words, well, we're not Catholic and we're not Protestant. If you're following the uh, the following tenets of Bible alone, faith alone, and the priesthood of all believers, you can you can swear up and down that you're not Protestant, but you're literally fo- following Luther's. Um, theology, and he was the one who basically wrote the tenets of Protestant theology. Now, you may think, well, I'm just following uh, my, my faith. I'm just following my faith. I'm, I'm following my interpretation of the Bible. Doesn't matter. The teachings of Luther... You're, you're following them, whether you know it or not. And if you think I'm full of crap, read about the, the, the Protestant theology. Um, to the rest of you, I humbly beg and I humbly beg of you, 
please, please don't be, don't be stubborn. Don't be stubborn. If you truly love Jesus, then you will follow the truth wherever it may lead you. Even, even if it means that it's seriously going to upset your life. You know, um, there's a reason why Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That didn't mean that if, if somebody um, bumps into you at the grocery store, that that's a cross. I mean, it kind of is, but what he meant by cross is anybody who's familiar with the passion knows he got the stuffing kicked out of him. So when he says, pick up your cross and follow me, he means in your pursuit, if you truly love him sincerely and with goodwill, then nothing, nothing on, on God's green earth or on hell is going to keep you from trying to, to follow him in the spirit of truth. And I need to wrap up here. Basically, if you're not going to take my word for it, and I don't blame you. You guys don't know me from Adam. I'm just some dude on the internet yammering. If you truly think that you love Jesus, if you truly do, ask him with all sincerity and all goodwill. That's important. Sincerity and goodwill. That's important. To show you the truth. That's it. Just ask him. And for those of you who want a deeper dive into the heirs of Protestantism, I have a three-part series, a literal three-part series, on the heirs of Protestantism. So, if, you're, if you have the right attitude and the right spirit, you will... Um, well, I, I won't say you will, but you will, will probably, if you have an open mind, you'll want to listen to that and see, does the man know what he's talking about or is he full of crap? So anyway, guys, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your, um, your, um, listening. And it doesn't matter. It does. It literally does not matter whether you think I'm full of crap or if you think I have elements of truth. Because what I'm saying doesn't come from me personally. It comes from God. I truly and honestly believe that. And nothing that I do on any of my social media platforms comes from me personally. I tried to be led by the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and God the Father. So, I, I thank you for giving me your time. Because time is a precious commodity. And if, this is going to run a little over an hour. But if you, if you gave me an hour of your time, I really do appreciate it.
So I want to end with saying this. I do truly appreciate your time and your, um, quite frankly, um, your, uh, your willingness to listen if you've listened to the end of this podcast. Um, because if you have, then that means that at least you are willing to listen to me. And in this day and age, I can truly say that that is a blessing. You know, most people, the, the minute they get their hackles up, are going to shut you down. So, so I just want to let you guys know, I am praying for you. I pray for everyone that I, whether through social media or in my day-to-day existence, and for people in my life in general, I just, I pray, I pray for them that they may get to heaven. Now, obviously, not everyone's going to get to heaven, but having said that, I pray that as many people as possible get to heaven. And unfortunately, a lot of people, whether out of ignorance or whatever, don't realize heaven is our goal and there's nothing more important than heaven and the Lord Jesus and his blessed mother. Um, And I also want to say that I hope that the Holy Ghost touches you in some way, you know, that, that you get something out of this. I'm not egotistical enough to say if you don't get anything out of this that, you know, um, that somehow, you know, that's, that's against me. Because as I said earlier, this, this, this is not me. Um, I'm doing the best I can with the limited things that God has given me. And I'm trying to be humble enough to, to realize that this, this isn't from me. This isn't from me. So, um, I, I hope for your sake that you got something out of this. I want to thank you all for listening. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.